Um, okay, so let's just assume for a start that no one's ever going to listen to this because that might well be the case. Yeah. I fully expect that to be the case. So there's no reason to be shy, right? Because no yeah. one's listening. Okay, it's just no you. One's here. It's just a good old Skype call. Yeah. Hi there. My name is Taylor. Welcome to this experimental podcast thing. I'm making it in order to have more intentional conversations with the people I know and love. Today I talked to Claudia. She's a fellow graphic design student at Falmouth University, about to graduate and head into the real world. I ask her about some of the tough experiences she's faced along the way. I hope you find it as enjoyable as I did. Despite that, we'll act as if some people will listen to it and maybe they don't know who you are. Okay. Uh, so can I ask you first yeah. to introduce yourself tell me your story in 60 seconds 60 seconds okay all right yeah. go so um, just the juicy bits all the well i'm a third year graphic design student if nobody knows that at falmouth uni um <laughs> i guess i could say my practice is typography branding anything print based i'm obsessed with i'm a bit of a paper fanatic sort of sums yeah, me up okay. in a sentence um i'm from a good old town called burnley in lancashire um it's very far away from cornwall but you know that's the joys of coming to uni to just get get away um any more about my practice or just more about me in general just you personally you as a person me i guess i'd class myself as someone that likes to promote being kind and spreading creative courage um i try and channel that with a lot of my projects and work i think it's important to sort of do good in the world and be try and be positive as possible i guess that's how okay. i try and describe myself as <laughs> okay thank you that's very good yeah i guess okay, that's interesting um okay if i can explain my where i'm where i'm coming from yeah, where, where i first heard yeah, about where, Claudia. yeah where, where have you come from <laughs> Well, oh, I'm not going to go into my story. That's a, that's, oh. another, that's another thing. But I, I do want to say, so I'm also a student at Falmouth yes. University. Yes. I'm one year below you. Yes. So I'm in my second year. I'm in the good old and, grand and the finale. Yeah. <laughs> so we've so we've had uh, like a bit of time uh, in the same studio. Mm-hmm. And when I first came to Falmouth as a first year student, you were in your second year, yeah. and I remember one day Steve Bond, one oh. of our lecturers, oh, was talking to me about after that maybe after one of our first projects i can't remember and this was about um feedback and research mm-hmm. research was the main topic of conversation because i struggled a bit with research i think lots of people struggle with research I love research. he said <laughs> he, he said yeah he said there's this girl okay there's this girl in second year she's called claudia and so everyone else comes to the groups with like you know a couple sheets of paper uh, some research they've done oh no. and claudia turns up with like a stack of a hundred sheets of a3 paper and she's so thorough she works so hard she produces so much work and i was like oh no. wow what what is she drinking in the morning i really want to know we are bix um yeah okay That's on me. so so my question is um how how do you how do you produce so much work What's your secret? <laughs> I guess. It's Why just... do you make so much good stuff? Um. Well, thank you. I. I mean, I don't necessarily think that my work's necessarily amazing or anything. Um. But in terms of work and research, I've kind of, I think it's kind of stems from my academic side because when because I didn't do a foundation year or anything, I came straight from A level and my sort of like family background is all quite academic i'm the only like creative in the family so i've yep. did like at a level i did like maths geology and then photography and graphics so it's quite split um but i've kind of always had like a research like love for research and like information and sort of that side of it and i think that kind of influences a lot of my work so when it starts a project i always like to get real deep with the whole all the statistics and all the insights and all that sort of thing so i guess that's why i might have like a wad of paper with a lot of print offs mm-hmm. i tend to print everything off though everything interesting i found like right print off oh that's interesting print that off highlight it okay. circle it 
I think Matt said this to me once, one of our tutors, Matt, he was like, you find like a nugget. And I'm like, all right, that's, I'll take that. I find a nugget <laughs> of information. And then that inspires what I do, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can I ask just out of interest mm-hmm. what your parents do? My dad's an accountant. My mum's a teacher. And my brother's a dentist. Oh, okay. And the rest of my okay. family are doctors and dentists as well. So <laughs> the only, and, well, to be honest, the only other creative person is my uncle that does stage set design. And I think when I was younger and I saw like him doing like all the little like wooden sort of little mock-ups of stage sets, I think that's what kind of brought me into the arty world rather than the world of teeth and the body. <laughs> And thank God it did. Yeah. Thank God. You would have been you would have been wasted in a dentist. Yeah, I'd have ended up designing masks, which to be honest, might have come in. Hey, that could do us all some good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Um so academic background yeah. means you do a lot of research. Yes. So you said I'm not I'm not I don't necessarily think that my work is yeah. the best. No, I don't. So when you do work, uh-huh. what are you trying to do? Are you trying to do best work or trying to do most work? I'm trying to do the best that I can possibly do. Um, obviously, over time, like I look back at like my first year projects, and at the time, I thought this is like the best I can possibly do. I remember doing the narrative project, which is like the first time I've ever done any book making ever. I was thinking, this is amazing. I'm so proud of myself. I love this project, and I look back at it now, and I'm like. But I guess that's just the nature of going and learning new skills and things. Um, I try and just do what's best for the brief and what I just feel like doing, I guess, with the project. Okay. Um, Okay. And as a... So the reason that's interesting to me is Mm. because maybe I have had a different way of thinking in Mm -hmm. my projects. And I think maybe there's lots of other people as well who have a similar way of thinking as me, which is... Um, okay, we've been given this brief. I mm-hmm. want to make the best thing possible, regardless of my current skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. I just want to make the best thing I can. Yeah. And it's kind of a competition. Like, who's going to find the really cool, crazy idea yeah. that is going to be the best? No, so I are completely... you in that race at all? Or are I... you just ignoring everyone no, else? No, I, <clears throat> I remember thinking in second year, like, okay, it's quite it's quite competitive. Our, our industry is very competitive anyway. And like, especially when you're at uni, it's very competitive. Um, and I don't particularly like that about it. But I feel like a lot of people tend to, and me included at the time, um, always wanted to do like the best thing and be that person that was like, oh my God, that's such a clever idea. And like, I'd be that that person but I think now in third year I've kind of just come to the conclusion like I just want to do what's right for me and if if it's not necessarily other people think wow this is really clever like if I think it's what I want in my portfolio or what I am happy with and proud of then that's more important than what other people necessarily think I guess okay okay so what is your standard for your own work what, how do you decide whether a project is uh, good enough for you? I'm always more proud of my work and think it's better, better in inverted commas, um, when a lot, a lot of, when I've done like my crafted projects, like the books I've made, and when it's kind of gone from the screen to printing off and then you've bound it and then took nice pictures of it, that work of mine I can see it looking good, whereas when it's more of a project which is more like branding or campaign based, very digital, which is using like typical like iPhone mock-ups and things like that, I always think, yeah, okay, I like I like the graphics of and stuff, but in my eyes it doesn't like I can't compare the two. Like I always feel like the printed stuff looks better and is better work than the other stuff. I'm not sure why I had that's just what is in my head. Coming to uni, I'd never ever really print, do any print at none, zero. Um, and kind of what Falmouth introduced me to. And I think that's why I've kind of clung on to it so much. And because I've like found this love for it that I never knew existed. Um, so, yes, like I love that side um, and would love for that to be like my practice and go in and do that into a career. Okay. Uh, well, 
talking about being proud of your work yes which piece of work in your portfolio at the moment mm. is your proudest i will say even though it's like on my dissertation my i love my dissertation book not only because all the words in it are mine like that is my dissertation just knowing that i've written a dissertation is crazy to me um and then it's also about a topic which i'm obviously like really passionate about hence why i picked the topic um but then also i had the chance to sort of like use that and design a book all around that subject and i just really i just love it <laughs> don't want to sound again okay. i just love it <laughs> No, good, good. So this is this is your dissertation. If I'm right in thinking, was about Japan. It was yes, the big red, about the big red design in Japan. Yes, yes. And I also loved the the topic you chose. Thank you. Um, I won't go on about it because you know we could probably talk about Japan for a long yes, time. Yes, yes. No please don't, don't get me started on it. <laughs> um, but okay, so a dissertation is yes. a big project in itself, and yes. then publishing it in a really nice book is also a big project. Mm -hmm. So that was a that was a resounding success. Can you also tell me which of your projects was the biggest flop? The biggest flop. Probably block these from my mind. Um... Like published or unpublished? Like we want to get the really dirty rubbish, like left it till last night crap project. Oh, you know, I I don't know if you had to do this project. It's second year. We had to do I cannot stand it. I think I've deleted all the files. Um the Glyph Zoo. Did you have to do this? Okay, no. Oh okay. No. We got obviously we got given a range of typefaces and like the whole alphabet and all of the like symbols body body body. And we had to make three animals out of these and then make posters to out of these animals we'd made to um advertise a exhibition at the British Museum called like Telling Tales or something. It's it's ingrained in my brain how, how much I hate this project. Um and we had to make these posters, but the posters not only were we restricted that we had to just use these animals we'd made it also had to be black and white and you know me i like a <laughs> bit of color i like just a yeah. touch just not, not not a lot just a little just a one just another color please no black and white and i actually that they will never ever be surfaced they were shocking <laughs> and just, i just couldn't stand the posters and we had to then print the posters off a3 and pin them up in the atrium and i was like oh no Oh no, they've gone on the back. They've been pinned up on the back of the boards, not on the front. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm going to do? So, oh, you're going to make um, me post when it's these. My, when, when, it, when it's my birthday, I'm going to send you a message and say, Hi, Claudia, it's my birthday today. Can I see those typography animals you made? <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> Please, I, I do want to see them. <laughs> I, just, okay, I don't okay. know why. Oh, gosh, I hate that project. <laughs> so, um... Maybe this is not this is not a project you had your heart in particularly. No. no. <laughs> um, were there projects where you did have your heart in it and you really wanted to do well, mm. but they still didn't turn out like you wanted them to? To be honest, I'm going through that right at the moment. I'm doing the uh, the DNA debriefs, and sort of I. It's one of those moments where you can picture what's what you want and in your head i can like picture like what it's gonna look like and it's just not going to plan and the fact that i'm trying to sit here and force these visuals out and it's not as it as i wish it kind of then unmotivates me to do the project and then i kind of lose the passion in it but i really want to do the project well because i really like the idea so it's, I'm, I'm kind of in that moment now right now <laughs> as we speak okay okay maybe that's a very good time for me to ask then yeah. do you have you been able to have you been able to work out what the difference is mm -hmm. what makes the difference between the projects that flop and the projects that you're really proud of i yeah somewhere along the way something must go wrong <sighs> or right yeah i I'm not sure what goes right or wrong, but I can tell when I'm either 100% into a project and I'm loving it and I know I'm going to be really proud when it's finished and then the opposite. When I can sit at my laptop and just 
Do you know, you have those moments where you can sit down and you just do it all day and it's like enjoyable and you love doing it. That was me with one of the projects last year with the, like the dis- we had to do like a dissertation journal where we had to like get 11 people's dissertations and make a big like journal out of them. I could sit, I could start in the morning and l- to work all day until like the early hour of the, the next morning and be completely fine and love life. Then... On the other hand, when I know things are going wrong, I get into that fear of mind where I like wake up and I'm like, oh, here we go. The day's started again. Let's <laughs> let's Oh, here's another sunrise. God's sake. Let's let's start this project again. And then I instantly know that I don't want to do it because then I start doing all the other little jobs like I'm going to update my CV. And you know when you want to when you want to update your CV, you know you are putting off you are putting off a project. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm struggling a little bit to relate to you because of the fact that so many of my projects sound like the, the, the bad experience you've just described and so few of them sound like the good experience. <laughs> But trust me, um, it's not all plain sailing. Like, if you ask any of my housemates or tutors, I have had plenty of meltdowns with the projects which I have enjoyed and are proud of. There always is a moment where I'm like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, but I kind of, yeah, I don't know why I have those moments. I've had less of them third year I think it was like a wobbly stage in second year of like doubtfulness and lack of confidence I guess okay can you take me into that place what of pure panic can you can you can you (laughs) yes can you describe to me what some of these hardest hardest moments were in these three years at if you were to ask ask Steve Bond he would very much know my my worst point it was because i had him as a tutor at the time it was doing do you want to know the project uh yeah give me all the details okay. as much as you so, want to share so oh I'm, I'm an open book do not worry um the museum of witchcraft and magic oh wow that project that <laughs> i went through a roller coaster of emotions doing that I don't know. I mean, I will just say, I will just say, it looks really nice. Thank you. On the website, thank you. It looks, it looks effortless. You know, you well. just, you just woke up one morning and whacked out a really stellar project. So I'm interested it, to hear about it was, the, it was not, the truth. No, 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 it was not as easy. Like I started as like typical where I start. Had nice research, knew like there's the direction I wanted to go with it. Then it came to visualizing it and. It kind of, it was a turning point because up until that point, I think I was being very comfortable in the sort of work that I was producing. And it was kind of looking, and looking back, I kind of agree, like very samey. Um, I remember having one learning team and people were like, maybe you should like switch it up and get out of your comfort zone and take more risks. And that gets said to me quite a bit. And when those things Gets, when that was said to me back then, I took it straight to the heart. I was like, oh, no, my work's awful. I'm not going to do well. It's not going to be a good project, blah, 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 blah. And then spiralled. And then I think that, yeah, that was a good point of realisation, like, to just try different things, I guess. But, yeah, hearing that at the time, back then, sort of like the constructive criticism, maybe didn't take it as well. Obviously, I've grown since then, um, and things have changed. Um, but yeah, that kind of panic and being like, I don't know how to do step out of my comfort zone and try different things. But yeah, I've had many occurrences, even if it's just for like a day, where I'm just sitting here like, I don't think I can do this project anymore. I don't know what, what to do or where to go with it or if I have enough time, or I have moments where I'm like, I want to do this, this, and this, and this. And then I think, crap, I've only got like two days or three days. It's like, okay, I'm not, maybe not real to do that. And then people sometimes have said to me like, how do you do it all, Claudia? You seem like you can, you just get on with it. I'm like, no, no, it's all, it's all hidden. Like it's a lot of stress behind, behind the, uh, 
nice-ish looking project. <laughs> Behind the pretty face, there's like yeah. a, a monster of rage yes. Yes. and frustration. Yes. Okay, so so you were told your work is very similar and yeah. you need to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Someone else's opinion. And so you then think, oh no, this is a crisis. Yes. My, my work is samey. Yes. And so what, what's the result of that? You say Steve knows this experience yes. very well. What did I, I Steve remember. experience? Oh, he got a really um, long email, probably, I think was the situation. I was like, I don't know what to a do. A long email. A long email. <laughs> A long email. You like, you like knocked on his door, Steve. <laughs> let me in. Of pure panic, being like, I can't do this project. I don't have to get out of my comfort zone. I don't know how to do this. It's going to end up looking like everything else. When I get sort of like that, I kind of have two reactions. It either makes me work triply as hard to overcome what I think the problem is, which was things looking samey, or I slip into the I can't do this and sit there feeling very numb <laughs> to, the, to the work and I don't know where to kind of go with it. So, But there's a project on your website, right? There's a great project <laughs> on your website and you've just told me this awful story. So what happened in between? What? How did you get out? I don't actually, I don't know because I get... This is this is a sort of thing that I always tell myself whenever I get in those dips. I'm like, Claudia, you've always, whenever you've had these dips in the past, you've always come out the other end and you've always handed in a project. It's always been a something to hand in. It's never like deadline days like, oops, haven't got a project. Like that's never <laughs> happened. Well, I hope, I hope it, yeah. it doesn't happen this time. Um, <laughs> but I kind of, I think that's when my sort of, work ethic and sort of determination you could say because I know that I want in my heart I'm like I I want to do well I want to have a project which I'm happy with so I think that kind of spurs me on it's like okay right I'll get through this really crappy time somehow was there a morning you woke up and you were like that's it I've had enough of this yeah I it's, think it's 3 p.m and I'm still in bed this is not yes, good no honestly like those were the situations like I used to wake up every morning with that anxious like sicky feeling in the stomach being like I don't I don't want I'm going to close my eyes again I do not want to open my eyes today I don't want it to be today nope 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 mm-hmm. um and I think I just had a moment where I was like okay right fine if I'm not gonna do what I had first planned I'm gonna I think that was the first project where I'd actually brought in any sort of love of photography because I kind of like to use photography and I'm not a filmmaker at all. I'm not classify myself or a photographer. I'm not a photographer or a filmmaker at all. But I enjoy getting outside or wherever and using my camera and capturing little like clips or snippets of things. And I thought, okay, right, I've never done that before. I'm just going to go and do that and hope for the best and see what happens. So I literally went out my door. It was like a forest down the end, like a woodland area down the end of the road. I'm just going to go into it, grab my friend, make her dress up as a witch. <laughs> and what, what were you dreaming about the night before? I my don't God. Know. I don't know. And let's just, let's just go and film some clips and see what happens. But I must say, I don't think I'd have been able to get through that project if I didn't go and speak to my tutors, Steve and Matt at the time, because they kind of helped me, like, spur me on, be like, no, Claudia, you're all right, let's just sit down. Just They took, sort of, like, made me sit and just chat to them about all, my, all the ideas, and they kind of, like, helped me sort of pinpoint the main aspects of it rather than overcomplicating things. I tend to do that sometimes, maybe. But yeah, they okay. they helped me see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> okay. If you if you woke up tomorrow and you were in oh. bed next to Claudia a year and a half ago, oh gosh, what would you what would you say to her? It's like three p.m. You're still in bed. I'd be like, okay, Claudia, it's all right to have these moments because you'll still have them in years to come and probably for a long time because I guess they'll always be there. But it's not the end of the world. You will get it done, as I always tell myself now, but just sort of not overthink things and don't 
sort of don't worry about what others may think about the project. Just do what you want to do. Or, yeah, don't think too much about the outcome. That's the thing. Think about the pro- the process. There we go. I've got to it. So stop, stop worrying. Is that, wait, Andy, is that you? Andy. Andy Neal, sorry, is that you? Car- carrot cake. Sorry. <laughs> did you did you have that okay. analogy? Yes, I yes. did. It's great. I remember it. I remember yeah. it. Um, but, okay, I'm imagining that yeah. you, from a year and a half ago, would mm-hmm. roll over and say, Claudia from the future... Shut up. That's stupid advice. <laughs> what do you mean, don't... What do you mean, don't worry? Don't I worry. I know, because I hear noise when people say it to me now. Don't worry. It's like, well, I There's so worrying. much good in the world to think about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess it's just a constant battle. I think it's always going to be there. Because whenever I've... Do you know how we... When we hand in, we have to do the, like, assessment forms. And we have to, like, write about what we want to improve on. It's always since the beginning always been the same that I worry too much and I panic too much and I get stressed for little tiny things which I shouldn't get stressed about but I guess I've just come to the realization that I get worried and panicked because I care about what I'm making I just want it I just want to make myself proud of it so I think it's just gonna be something I have to deal with that I'm gonna get worried or stressed but I think I'm yeah. I think I'm getting better at it. Yeah. I'm dealing with a very similar thing as well. Mm-hmm. And I want to try and express it, but yeah. I think it's not going to come out very concisely. Um, no, go for it. Having come to Willem de Koning here, yeah. um, there's, a, there's a focus not mm-hmm. on having a great idea or a concept, mm-hmm. although that is a part of it. Yeah. There's much more of a focus on playing around with tools, equipment, oh, experimenting. Cool. Yeah. And so what that means is when you're given a project, the first step you're expected to make is not to start thinking of what incredible things this project could mm-hmm. be. It's just to start creating a mess and to like yeah. start throwing clay and, yeah. and, and welding metal and cutting mm-hmm. wood. And it's been uh, really helpful for me to be mm-hmm. able to move away from InDesign yeah. and yeah. into the physical world. Yeah. Because in the physical world, I'm not supposed to be good at this stuff. Like I'm not yeah. supposed to be good at making metal. Mm-hmm. So there's no expectations. I think that, yeah, like, I think that It's helps. probably going to be rubbish. Yeah, I guess when you were talking about you getting like thrown into these different mediums that you've never done before, you kind of, that takes that expectation away and you don't put that pressure on yourself. Like, okay, this is, doesn't have to look amazing because I've never done it before. Like you've kind of got that sort of protective layer, I guess. And it seems to me that you did the exact same thing. You went out into the woods, you got someone to dress up as a witch, never done that before. (laughs) Took took video. Was it video or photos? Videos? videos, videos. Yeah, you took videos. Like I don't know. I'm not a videographer. I don't yeah. know how to make videos. Oh. I don't know how to make a witch costume. But we'll just do it anyway. Yeah. And then and then you got over the whole. And then you weren't in bed anymore. You were out yeah, in the forest yeah, making think, videos. Yeah. To be honest, I think that's literally you've hit the nail on the head there. I think it's because I went out and did something which I know I wasn't good at or like wasn't experienced in. So there wasn't that sort of expectation of it being like a bloody oscars winning film um yeah so i was able to just sort of experiment and do something different and i think that's what i needed that little push sort of get me over the hurdle i get i think that basically sums it up actually ah and you made it to the end and then you did make something you were proud of yes Yes, not my favorite project now it was at the time it was one of my favorite ones i'd done at the time because i'd done film i never done before i did web design which i'd never done before properly anyway um so it was like one of my favorite ones at the time um so yeah never had an interview before this is exciting <laughs> yeah I've, I've never hosted a podcast before and i really don't know what i'm doing <laughs> but i'm enjoying it I'm it's fun. fun it's fun Oh yeah, you've mentioned something which mm-hmm. I've been thinking about a lot recently. You said right at the beginning, I want to make work that helps people have creative confidence. Yes. And you've just told me some stories about good times and bad times and overcoming difficulty and you're now publishing your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me what creative confidence means to you? Creative confidence. I guess creative confidence, it means a lot of different things to different people. But to me, I guess it's just 
getting yourself out there and not worrying like putting your work online or putting it wherever or putting it i don't know on a poster down the road or something just getting your stuff out there and not worrying if someone might say oh that's crap or someone might come around and say that's amazing like even just from me putting that little gif of work on my instagram and twitter and stuff people i've had like responses and people like say really nice things and have emails and just give it having that little confidence in yourself to put your work out there you can get so much back and you might not get anything back but you might get something back and then what what was the other thing i said oh yeah the confidence to do work that you want to do um i think that's really important so like with the whole project of like Joyful and things, I've absolutely enjoyed, I've loved doing that because it's kind of got me out there in the community and just doing sort of the things I love doing and like um, presentations and public speaking things, um, doing workshops, just, yeah, I just love stuff like that. So just doing stuff that you want to do, I think is important as well. But yes, get, get your work out there. Okay, so were you... You saying this now as a third year student, yes. yeah, you should have creative confidence. Yeah. You should publish your work and you should make work that you love. Yeah. Um, I, was that, is it, this has been a journey, I imagine. Yes. Like, it wasn't always this way. No. No, I was, I remember in first year, uh, there were all, all the tutors were like, you should, everyone should have an Instagram, a design Instagram. And I remember thinking, oh no. Oh no. I don't want to <laughs> so do that. you cramp your style. Because I, was at the point where I was like, I don't know how to put my work out there. It needs to all look pretty and perfect and the theme has to be right. Do I do it in threes? Do I upload in threes? Do I upload in... Honestly, it took me so long to put things on my Instagram because I didn't... I, I think people have this thing with Instagram. I still sort of have it. Like, everything on there has to be pristine. Everything has to have, like, an order. Everything, like... But then when it comes to other things like... I love LinkedIn. If no one likes LinkedIn, here we go. If anyone's listening to this podcast, no. Oh no, one, here we go. Put, Here's another plug for LinkedIn. Yeah. Put, <laughs> everyone use LinkedIn. It's fab. I, I bloody love LinkedIn. It's Okay, why? Why just, is why is LinkedIn so good? Because it's the only place where it seems appropriate to like just just connect with everybody. You think like, for example, your favourite designers. Like this morning I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna connect with Jim Sutherland. <laughs> And now you know him. Now, now you're on first name he ac- basis. <laughs> he accepted my connect and now we're firsts. And it's like, wow, I feel a bit stuck. And now your world is so much bigger. <laughs> no, but okay. link- LinkedIn's great. Anyway, that's beyond the point. Um, but yes, first year, I hated uploading work because I didn't like it and I felt like it had to have such structure and it wasn't very freeing. I think a big turning point was having my placements in summer like I think I gained quite a not overly confident do not have a big ego at all kind of just say I don't want to be like blowing my own trumpet um but I think having those placements and getting like the opportunities kind of made me think okay I'm I must be all right at what I'm wanting to do in life and kind of had that turning point and was sort of had more confidence in myself and then wanted to put my work out there and be like, no, I can do this. Like, even if nobody really wants to see what I'm doing, I'm just going to do it because I want to do, I want to put my work out there because I'm proud of my work and I put time into the work. So why shouldn't I let other people see it? Okay. So it sounds like you now enjoy posting. Yes, I do. You didn't before. No. You didn't enjoy. No. I've become more confident in just comment even just like commenting on people's posts like studios work that you like just commenting on their posts and or just connecting with them on linkedin but yeah networking i've re- i've like in the past i think since start of third year re- loved loved it and just yeah having the confidence to just talk to people because they're, they're especially now yeah. in this time people are willing like the industry creative industry is so wonderful at the moment because everyone's just offering support and just take taking those opportunities to get support and just chat to people. Okay, so I, I think if you've had a similar experience to me, yeah, you go to uni and then you start producing work, and then they say, yeah, you should put this online. You should publish your work. Yeah. you should be you should be sharing this work yeah. with other people. And you think, oh, but there's Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn. There's Behance. There's Dribble. There's the dots. 
like how am I going to produce this much stuff? This yeah. is so much work. Yeah. And then you start doing it on one or two of the platforms, and you're like, wait, what are people going to think about this? Are they going to think that this is really rubbish? Yeah. There's no consistency. Yeah. This project isn't ninety nine. This is a ninety nine percent project, not hundred. Yeah. No, um, exactly. So, so you end up exactly. either. So you end up. So you go on. So you go on your profile, and it's like one post in March, one post in February yeah. of the next year, yeah. one post in September, because <laughs> yeah. like there's just these little blips of confidence where you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to post. And it never works right because you never stick to it. It's just the one. Um, so then, but now you're, now you're regularly on Instagram and Twitter and posting more things. You're mm-hmm. on LinkedIn connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Why do you enjoy social media now? How are you using it in a way that's enjoyable? I, how, have I, how have I suddenly switched? I don't know. I don't know why it's switched. Because to be honest, I still have a document which I go to every time I post on Instagram. I have a word, a word document. I know word, <laughs> where I write my captions. Uh, okay. I have a word document where I write my captions. Yeah, okay. Okay. So this is like okay. This is going into Word first because Word is the place where I can write my masterpiece. <laughs> and if I and if I have to write yeah. it on my keyboard when I'm posting on Instagram, the pressure is going to get to me. Yes. Yes, and I can't write. Because you're so close, the, the post button's right in the corner. You're like, yes. oh, the pressure, oh the pressure. Honestly, the amount of times I've accidentally clicked done and then share because it hasn't loaded. I'm like, no, no, yeah. I didn't check if the crop on the pictures were right. Or and then then you swipe across. And you're like, no, I didn't straighten the image. Yeah. So how do so how do we get over it? How do we how do we get over ourselves and just? Oh, I know. I think we we're both we've both got this problem. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, think we're I mean, I'm 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 getting better because if you look back at mine, yeah, your... the consistency increased a lot when I yeah, came you're, here. Yeah, you're 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 really good. You're like you're whacking them posts up. <laughs> so I don't know why I have to say it like that. <laughs> Slapping them on the page. But I think yeah, I think out of all of the platforms, I'm pretty free and uploading on Behance and LinkedIn. I'm like yeah, cool. I don't know why Instagram is the one, the one place which is like I think it's just the whole, the ethics of Instagram it being this like, perfect place and it's 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 hard. I don't know why. Maybe the expectation like is just like so high. Is that is that the problem? Yeah, because you see, I think so because so many like designers that I look at their Instagrams, I'm like, wow, I love your Instagram. <laughs> like it just looks great and then i look at mine and i'm like oh looks a bit looks a bit naff (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're gonna have to work on this one because the fact is right that like most people aren't going on your profile and judging whether all of the posts are consistent they just see one every now and again on the feed they only see one Mm -hmm. at a time there's yeah, no offense. Is... No offense, but we don't get stalked as much as oh. we wish, maybe. No, I know, I know. We everyone's so bothered about what the theme looks like when in hindsight, no one's gonna click on your page and scroll until twenty seventeen. Yes. I hope they don't because I don't want them seeing that's <laughs> your animal posters. <laughs> they they'll never they will never ever ever maybe you know I'll what? do it on April Fool's you know what? next year. You know what? The the way the the solution the solution to this problem is to take those posters post them on your instagram today and then all expectation is gone and you can post whatever you want you know do you know do you know what i'm gonna do if this if this podcast gets gets um what what we're gonna say let's use a billion a billion no 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 a billion a hundred a hundred listens i I don't even know if i can count it i will post these these awful Awful animals. Okay, everyone, everyone, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna promote this thing so hard. Okay, <laughs> that's my challenge. Yeah, cool. So cool. you are, um, you are, as you said, sharing things on social media, on Instagram, on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, and I think you're mm-hmm. starting to get kind of noticed for all the work you do, and other people are being yeah. like, oh, there's this new girl, and she makes really yeah. cool work, like Luke Tong, yeah, and the Birmingham yeah, Tom, Divine, yeah. Design Festival. Uh, and obviously, all of yeah. all of the people you were um, a year below are now in the industry, and they're talking about you mm-hmm. to all the people they mm-hmm. know. So it's crazy. That's why I, know, that I think it's really important. It's honestly, I feel a bit starstruck and a bit. It's weird. Like I remember the when pe- people like share my work or like tweet like that. When Luke tweeted that, I was like, "Whoa, what?" 
I was like kind of sat there for a second in shock and then I instantly ran to my friends and I was like, Sophie, Sophie, look at this, look at this, look at this. And then yeah. I rang my mum because obviously that's the go-to yeah. um, and told her. And it's just, it's weird because like I remember being in first year and looking at the third years and being like, oh, look at them, they're getting like industry contacts. That's so cool. I can't wait to do that. And then I'm kind of in that position now and it's really strange, but like I think that just proves the importance going back to like just getting your work out there because then even just a just a little like retweet or a repost or just like a comment because the design world is such a small in like not a small industry but a small it's such a small world everybody knows each other um so uh, yeah so luke tong did not go onto the falmouth graduates website or the falmouth whatever and scroll down and retweet everyone's stuff so why no. why do you think he retweeted yours like, what do people see in you? I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe um, I am I am myself, and like my I guess I try and put my personality across, and I'm like on social media and my work and things. And I think some people, this is not a bad thing at all. Sort of like um, have like a design personality, and then like their personality, and there's like, whereas I feel with you as well, like with your work. Um, you can really get a sense of who you are. I think it's a matter of just getting your personality across in like, even just yeah. how you write about yourself rather than it yeah. being very formulaic. Is that the right word? Formulaic? Yeah. Formulaic. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not linguists here. Sorry, guys. No. <laughs> um, I, le- I learned from listening to a few podcasts about people who, who manage creative teams that it's really hard to hire people for your company because when you bring a new person into the team they can be a nightmare they can disrespect your your other workers they can dull the mood they can you know they can upset the a perfect balance of the team and so when a when a company is trying to hire a designer they want to know who you are yeah and they maybe care about that sometimes even more than your work because your work can change but the person you are tends to be a bit more and so now I'm trying to put myself into my work so that my work looks like me and it feels like me so that when they see my portfolio, they're just seeing what I'm like as a yeah, person. Yeah, who you are. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. I think that's they'd rather hire someone that's worse at design and a nicer person than someone that's a knob and <laughs> really, really good at design, you know? Yes. I think people go for personality Yeah. a bit more than being amazing. And so you're going to put your personality into every project you make. Yes. And how I sort of just interactions as well. I don't want to have to, if I'm writing an email, I don't want to. But like, don't be I try and not be sort of like really, really formal and like strip away all of like who I am. I still try and sort of put that into it. Um, and yeah, just little touches like that rather than just still try and get me across and things. But like on my website, like I've just got a picture of me and all like me doing some, just me expressing me just so they get like a sense of who I am. Cause I feel like that is like important. I don't know. Okay. I think so. I have one last thing I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. This is another extension of you and your heart and what you, who the kind of yeah. person you are. Um, yeah. I don't know how many people know about this, but you, I mean, you do, you do make it public. You have you have a bit of a side hustle, oh. <laughs> and we oh, we've gosh. had a conversation about this. Yes, the one hundred pound book. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell me what's your side hustle, if you want to call it that? Yeah. So I, since coming to uni, I obviously never book bound or did any crafty things really, um, and learned how to do it one t- one workshop in first year, and I fell in love with it. I was like, I want to do this all the time I would happily sit at my desk and bookbind all day so I decided to start a little Etsy store where I make personalised notebooks because it's like my little therapeutic session I kind of just go and do that if I just want a moment of peace um okay now how much if I want one of Claudia's amazing handmade notebooks (laughs) how much does it cost me um Four pounds. Four pounds. What? Wait, well, depends. It depends. Four it depends. pounds. Everyone, everyone, did you hear that? You can get a handmade <laughs> notebook 
from Claudia for four pounds. Why is why are you not sold out already? Last week, actually, I reevaluated my store and did a rebrand. Did a little oh, rebrand. Okay. Yeah. But sort of went through and sort of thought about okay, how much do I want to charge? Um, and then my friends were sort of helping me, like Claudia, if they think about it per hourly rate, how long does it take to make one of these books? I was like, probably, probably like one. One time it might take me literally like 15 minutes. Then the next time it might take me an hour because I cut it wrong or the string goes wrong or something goes wrong and I don't like it and it's not perfect. Um, so it might take me an hour and they're like, okay, do you actually want to be charged? Would you be happy doing a job and you get paid £4 an hour? I was like, no, I guess not. They're like, well, you should charge more. I was like, yeah, but I, it's it's an awkward one because you don't want to put yourself too expensive because you think you're amazing and like, I'm worth this much money. But then you've got to be realistic and be like, this is handmade. People go onto Etsy particularly for handmade to order sort of thing. Yeah, now, I mean, I was joking. I was joking earlier because I know this is this is a difficult thing for, for everyone that's a creative, yeah, right? Everyone, so, yeah. you know, how much does it, how much do I have to pay you to shovel dirt in my backyard for 10 hours a day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like give me give me an hourly rate. It's going to be what? What would you say? To shovel dirt in your back garden. Yeah. How much per hour? I'd like to. Be, I'd like a good like maybe eight pounds. <laughs> what? We do shoveling dirt. You'll shovel dirt in my yard. Come on, man. You've got to. You should be on Fiverr. You know Fiverr, the website. Yeah. Don't do I'll it. Do voiceovers. I'll do voiceovers. You do voiceovers on Fiverr. Yeah, I'll do it. No, I don't, but I should. Oh, yeah, you should. This I is don't. this is the next side hustle. Okay, so... I don't do it. £5 for a northerner voiceover. <laughs> oh, I want 20. I, mean... I want 20 of them. But, like, so, like, if I've got to shovel dirt, I mean, I've done some jobs, like, I really don't like, right? Like, cleaning pans and cleaning yeah. grease, grease ovens and fryers. And, like, you mm-hmm. know, you get paid a pittance because you're a student and you don't know anything. You're a kid. Yeah. But now... You have, mm. uh, you're about to get a degree, and so that means you're now going to go into the world and have to start charging money for what you do. But the difficult thing yeah. is that with a lot mm. of this stuff, like this handmade notebook, it's so enjoyable to make. You you love it. It's like therapy. You yeah. say, you know, it's like relaxation. Yeah. So how can you how can you take money for something I that know, you this love? Is the problem. Like I know, it this gives is you so much joy, but we mm-hmm. really have the luxury of being able to make money for things that we enjoy and that fill us with passion. And it's still really difficult sometimes because like Mm -hmm. you say, you have to sit in that pit of despair and be like, my project is crap. I don't know where it's going. (laughs) And so, and so we, we're like our hearts and souls go into everything that we make. And that's what people are paying for. So when I buy a Claudia Agate uh, notebook, you put your heart and soul into this. I know you won't give me a, you won't give me a rubbish one with the, with the corners falling apart. There's no tears, no. you know, it's perfect. No. And I know that you would yeah. give me that. And so <laughs> for that, and you would do it for free. And that's why I'll pay you a hundred pounds yeah. for a notebook because you would do it for free because yeah. you love it. But is it, I think it doesn't help that some businesses or people come to designers or they have like a design friend and they think, oh, make me, can you make me like a logo and a flyer and like all this, like the typical design things that people ask you for. Um, and like, if someone was to come to me and ask that, I'd be like, yeah, sure. And I'd, I would do it for free. But like, you, there's a moment you're like, no, 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 this is, this is, shouldn't be free. Cause this is, if I was going to go to my brother and be like, can I have my, a teeth checkup or whoever, or my, my dad, or can I make account, my accounts? Obviously not my dad, my dad wouldn't charge me, but you know what I mean? If I went yes. to like an accountant and be like, can you do whatever you do? Um, they wouldn't be doing it for free. Yeah. So why should I do what I do for free? You know, I think if I was hating doing it, I'd be more inclined to charge for it. I think that's where the problem is. Like, I don't know why that is. I think because you're going through the pain of making something. If I was hating making these books, mm. I would want to charge because I'm like, I'm going through this pain. I need money because <laughs> i've gone through this yes i suppose <laughs> well, because i do enjoy it i don't want to charge because i've enjoyed doing it so maybe we tend to think of it like a scale right like if i mm-hmm. endure suffering i have to get paid lots of money <laughs> in order to make it worthwhile but surely surely love is worth a lot more than pain because i don't want to buy pain i want to buy love no. 
and things that people love yeah. <laughs> and people loving doing their work. And so yeah. I think uh, I think I would pay more for someone that loves doing what they do than someone that hates doing what they mm. do. I think when we're the designer, we're thinking about the seller. You know, we're the seller, so we need to yeah. reduce our prices in order to sell. Whereas the buyer is thinking, yeah. it's about value. When you when you buy something mm -hmm. that someone loves, they've put their heart mm. and soul into it, and the value is so much higher. That's so true. Because I'd be more inclined to buy a book from someone that's made it beautiful, lovely, love doing it, blah blah blah, than go to like ASDA. Sorry, Asda, don't want to put you under the bus here. Um, and go to Asda and get one, like a pack of three notebooks for one pound. Um, that's just been mass produced. I get. I think that is the problem because in my head I'm thinking, people could just go to Asda and get one for a pound. Why? Why would they want to come on my shop and get one for however much? I must say Wilco. Here we go. <laughs> Promo for Wilco. But, they but I'm going to get so much money from this podcast. They, they sold. I know no one listening to this can see what I'm holding up. They made this book, yeah, right? Yeah. And look at it. It's Coptic Stitch. And yeah. it's like, looks handmade, doesn't it? People, the amount of people that have asked me, Claudia, did you make that? I was like, oh, no, no, I got it from Wilco. And do you know how much it was? This doesn't help the situation. It was 70p. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? I that's know. really bad. I know. They're not helping us. The robots. Wilco, what are you doing? The robots are coming for our jobs, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sure, we could think of another it's time for me tomorrow. to ask you questions now. <laughs> All right, let's do that another time. Um, so, I mean, thank you so much for making the time to do this. Thank, well, thank you for asking me. Not it's at all. been I've, exciting and fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And I would like to ask you yeah. to say to anyone who may at one point listen to this, what do you want to say to the world? What's your message to the world? My in a time message. of In a time of quarantine and despair. <sighs> hmm. It doesn't matter if you're having a little down day, because we all have those days. I've gone through them. I, this is, I'm saying what people have said to me, and that's helped me. Um, just take every day as it comes, because that's that's just. I think that's just the best way, especially in these times, just take every day as it comes, because something will change the next day, or something will happen which will affect your plans, and don't let that beat you down. Just take every day as it comes, and you'll be fine. Party poppers. It'll, it'll all be great. Don't worry, be happy. Yes. I'm not going to sing it. Okay. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>